You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. I am your host for today, Bogdan. With me co-hosting is Andrei. Hello. And in our fabulous role of uh, interview guest, we have Luciano Ciccone. Luciano has over 15 years of experience in various roles in sales, support, administration, and management at small, medium, and multinational organizations. He is a father of one and expecting one more, congratulations, and works as an advisor at the leading financial firm in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Hello, Luciano. Hi, Bogdan, Andre. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, our, it's our, our pleasure. pleasure. Unbeknownst to our listeners, uh, Luciano and us go uh, back to our Canadian days. We used to work for the same company, so we have that in common. Yes. Those were some great times together, boys. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. I actually think uh, about them fondly from time to time. Well, that's good. Um, it was really interesting to to work with you guys. You, you have an interesting philosophy uh, when it comes to work and, um, I really appreciated the fellowship. So it's an honor to, uh, to join you today. Thank you. Likewise. Would you like to add a couple of more things about yourself? Well, um, you know, I was born in, in Montreal and, uh, as you mentioned, I'm currently working, uh, in Thunder Bay, an opportunity brought me here, something more leadership y as we would say, um, you know, I've moved quite a bit throughout my career and throughout my life, you know, seeking to constantly better myself and find strong mentors uh, to hone my skills. Uh, leadership roles seem like a natural draw at first blush, but with an atypical educational career as I've had, it's been challenging to find the right fit. Uh, oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, I really have to innovate and build processes of my own, try to be the most skilled person in a group full of newbies. So, um, Right now, I'm working my butt off for a fantastic organization. I have ample opportunity to learn and grow, which, as you know, is great nice. uh, qualitatively for a leader. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I hope eventually to buy into the organization and help it grow, uh, continue to grow exponentially. So, yeah. I wish you lots of luck. And it's, mm-hmm. it's always nice meeting someone who actually finds uh, professional fulfillment. So yeah, that's I, really important. It's really important. It's a, it's an interesting dichotomy because, um, especially in the realm of hiring and, and securing talent, it's very difficult to find people that have that desire to um, to expand or, or, or to grow professionally. It could be a generational thing or, or just a philosophy thing. Um, but uh, it, it's really good to uh, to be in that in that space and to be uh, to, to have that advantage. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Would you like to share with us what you believe to be the biggest leadership uh, fail story that you've had the unfortunate experience of witnessing? Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, I wanted to, I was thinking about how I would approach this, but I guess just kind of letting it out is probably the best, uh, best avenue at a prior job. Actually um, one of the ones that we did together, I had brought uh, somebody more senior with me on a sales call uh, for a very mm-hmm. large opportunity. Yeah, uh, for a very, very large opportunity. And I was looking to observe how this person negotiated and engaged with the prospect and, you know, see if and I could learn glean. from the experience. Yeah. Pardon me? And, and learn, learn from the experience. 
essentially yeah you know learn from your betters that's usually the uh the calling right but um as the call went on you know we we went through the the rapport building discussing what they needed what we had to offer um but as time went on i guess there was sort of a failure to communicate between this person and the prospect and as the prospect became more and more leery uh this person pressed and even cracked in his professionalism uh, by accusing him of being difficult and chinese <laughs> oh, oh my god what does that even mean well, uh, I, I guess this person had the impression that Chinese people were were difficult to negotiate with. I'm 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 just paraphrasing. It's not a a belief that I share. But needless to say, I took this leadership that was offered with a grain of salt from then on. And further to <laughs> yeah. that, actually, it gets more interesting. He actually chastised me for taking him on this, and I quote, "pointless call," and even cited it as a negative in my next performance evaluation. No, so, oh my God! So you were I to was, blame. <laughs> well, naturally, I, I I told him to call him difficult in Chinese, so it's obviously yeah. my yeah. It was in a memo. Fault. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Must have missed it. But it uh, yeah, I kind of realized. But you know what? It was it was a good learning experience. I realized even the people at the top sometimes drop the ball, as it were. Well, we're yeah. all we're all human, so each and every one of us is capable of the entire human range of. Uh, emotions so yeah you guys you expect more from the people signing your check yeah that's true. true but it also helps to see that they're also human and realize yeah. oh, I, i could be a boss one day yeah <laughs> I, 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 i always took this as motivation to uh, to achieve higher uh, grounds in my professional career because um You meet a lot of amazing people that uh, uh, work in managerial leadership or ownership positions in great companies, but you also meet a lot of people that the, the fir your first thought after meeting them is like, "How are you so successful?" And it emboldens it emboldened me into if they can do it, by God, I can do it also. Yes. <laughs> And have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well. It's uh, it's interesting just to see how some people manage to climb the ladder in spite of themselves. In spite of themselves. Yeah. Well, And what what lessons did you draw from that experience? Well, just that nobody's perfect. Well, nobody's perfect is a pretty overarching lesson, but that uh, sometimes you can have done everything, and the next person can't do any better. You know, I I used it sort of as a litmus test to did I check off all the boxes that I needed to did I leave anything on the table? And evidently I did not. And so sometimes even if you feel you haven't done everything or everything, chances are you've done the best that there could be to, to, to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And well, and I also learned that, you know, just because someone stands at the top doesn't mean they're the best at everything, right? Usually, I don't know, an engineer starts an engineering company doesn't necessarily mean they'll be good at sales or human resources or, or, or what have you. Yeah. It, it it added a bit of perspective and it made me realize if ever I adopted a leadership role that I would need to employ the right people to make those decisions for me and afford them that trust, right? Trust that these people will make the right decisions and they'll do right by the organization. Um, it, it doesn't bode well for a micromanager if they don't know exactly what the nuances are of each and every role, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Very healthy mindset. Do my best. 
<laughs> <laughs> and on the opposite side, what would be a leadership uh, success story that you had the honor of witnessing? Well, you know, I don't have a, a material success, although I I noticed it something. Have, it doesn't have to be material. Okay, so immaterially, uh, in my current role, my my mentor, my my direct supervisor has this interesting belief that, um, so we work in finance, insurance, pensions, what have you, basically solving financial problems for lack of a better term. And it's his belief that the best people suited for those roles are people who have zero experience in the space. And oh, so when I, yeah, so yeah. when I pressed him after why, he said, well, when you think of an insurance person, what do you conjure up as an image? You, you conjure up snake oil salesmen, door-to-door charlatans, and there's a reason behind that because those people hire other people and train those people to be exactly like that, right? So uh, yes. to fight against that narrative or to fight against that belief, uh, you get outsiders that come in, learn the business, and apply their own experiences into the space. And by doing that, you get to experience authentic conversations, authentic relationships, and a desire to do right by the client you know, rather than finding the most profitable avenue. You look at 2008, for example, the uh, the housing crisis. Yes, a lot of people yeah. in finance uh, and mortgages, for example, just did the the thing that was best for their commissions. You know, not necessarily for the clients. Put people in subprime mortgages, and the entire market went belly up. So, I think it's a very bold move to help ramp up newbies and invest a lot of time and money rather than let seasoned veterans come in and taint the uh, the impressions further. So, I, I see that as a huge success a huge risk being t- taken and it appears to, uh, it appears to pay off. Yeah. And it is a huge risk because Big risk. You, you don't, you don't know exactly, but you need to have like the confidence. Look, I can take anybody as long as they have the basic skill set. They're humans. Basically um, I can help them and I can uh, guide them and I can uh, show them the ropes and build something that's actually it's not it's beneficial for uh, for the whole uh, area of business that we're doing. So that's, and that's it, really interesting. Oh, and absolutely, and and it kind of goes back to the to the notion that you, you you have to take you have to move around. You know, as a professional, you have to sort of glean the experiences that you can from place to place. You know, I, I think the most successful leaders kind of start at the bottom. I mean, not to, to be cliche, but look at Jeff Bezos, for example, who yeah. started in a garage. You know, you, you kind of have to start from that bottom. You know, if you come from the middle and you just go to somewhere else, you're not necessarily bringing value to the organization. You're, you're just taking your, your successes and failings, most often your failings, and you're propagating them. You're repeating them in a new, in a new locale. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think it's... I think it's a very good move and you know part of a uh, being a leader is to take those uncomfortable steps. Uh, re- yeah. re- regarding what you said about taking uh, uh non sales type people and uh, and uh, building them up to be uh, financially savvy and sales savvy to do the work. Um I can't remember the the name of the author but I read this amazing quote that said after a field of, uh, of work or study has matured the only way it can grow anymore is to get uh, people outside the field to commit to it so it's again what you said like a fresh perspective and uh, new experiences from uh, solving uh, other challenges and tasks 
yeah. And, it, it, and what's most of the, most important, I think, too, is is to have people that want to work hard. I mean, unfortunately, and to go back to the discussion of generationality and, and, and work ethic, a lot of people don't want to put in the time. Um, so if you get these outsiders that are hungry and, you know, they, they want to succeed and they're not just looking at the paycheck, but overall, you know, being in a role that they're happy to wake up in the morning going to do, you know, prepared to grow and prepared to put in the time, we need more people like that, you know, so you can read all the books in the world and you can, you can train these people till they're, they're extremely adept, but if they don't want to do the work, then you're oh, wasting yeah. your time. No, yeah. Yeah. A good leader should identify who wants to and who doesn't, you know, who's hungry and who's not. True. Um, summing that up, what would be your leadership philosophy? Be prepared to walk the walk. I mean, those that follow you, and I noticed this a lot in my last couple of roles, those that follow you are observing you a lot more closely than you think. And I believe it's important to tell each person, you know, good morning, thank them at the end of the day for a day's work. You know, you can't expect loyalty in 110% merely for providing people with a paycheck. And I've seen a yeah. lot of leaders struggle to, to find good work. And I tell them, what do you offer employees? And their answer sardonically is a paycheck. Well, <laughs> if that's the if you come you, you come to the table with, you're not going to hire the best people. You know, yeah. these people grow and you have to you have to sell yourself as much as the role. Yeah, if the only interaction you have with them is at the end of the month. Well, then you're absolutely right. You, even in all my jobs that I had, and I had leaders and managers, I always looked at them and see, gauging like, what are they doing? How are they approaching solutions? Uh, is this a person I want to continue working for? Because that's a question that everybody should pose themselves a couple of times a year. Is is it worth it to stay in this role or? Uh, have I outgrown it? Uh, have they noticed that I, I have outgrown the role and they should promote me or give me something else to do? You, you have to see exactly, you have to be honest with yourself and you also have to be fair with the people around you. So if you see like you're stifled in a position, maybe you should look for something else or speak up about it and see maybe you can uh, find a compromise somewhere. That's absolutely true. It's, but it's tough. I mean, the cliche is true. People, people leave bosses. They don't leave jobs, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that is so true. Uh, relatable, eh, eh, you guys? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes people leave entire companies, not just bosses. So yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. And and some occasions people leave their coworkers, right? I mean. The, the the family is only as good as the matriarch and the patriarch, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that as a, as a leader, you have an enormous responsibility to um, treat treat the people you work with as a family and not necessarily just by saying it as a platitude, but, you know, that these people have wants, hopes, and dreams and lives after work. And if you can juggle that properly, you're, you're going to have a powerhouse of, of workers that'll that'll help you succeed. But... If you, you roll in at 10, you peace out at four, and you don't really care what they're doing, well, that's what you're going to get back. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. What would be your top three leadership tips that you would have for aspiring leaders? 
I guess the most important one would be to stay out of your ivory tower. You know, it's important to show you're as much on the front lines as the people working for it, right? If you have a very big fancy office and everybody else has secondhand furniture and your door is always closed, well, it communicates something unconsciously, right? And that's my second point, you know, give your employees a great place to work from the atmosphere to the coffee or even just like I was saying to the furniture. If you furnish the office with secondhand goods, it unconsciously communicates to your employees that their value as well is secondhand, right? Mm -hmm. My current employer, for example, when I walked in, all the furniture was new and the chair, even the chair seemed to be picked for me. And he had said, how will I get my best from you if I don't give you my best, right? Whoa, that's powerful. So refreshing. He he put his money where his mouth is, but he also demands excellence. But at the same time, he's prepared to offer excellence, Mm -hmm. right? And you uh, kindness. (laughs) <laughs> in essence yeah and and i think another important thing would be uh, transparency in your decision making because it helps contextualize each step the organization is taking and each step the employees need to take in order for the organization to succeed you can't just say go left you should say okay we're going left because left has this and this is what we expect from you in order to succeed with this left turn contextualizing is really important it'll save a lot of time and you know, it'll dissolve that resentment or that contempt that people have being uh, not being privy to information. Yeah, and they have like a clear idea of what they have to do to get the results they want. If they want to promote, they know I have to do these steps and I'm going to get promoted. If they want a raise or they want a bonus or more vacation time, people have to know exactly what they have to do to achieve those goals. Especially exactly. since, you, since you mentioned transparency. If you're the new person in the in the company, but you can look at uh, what uh, the people around you did to get to the the place in the career that they had, so there is a certain level of transparency. You can see, okay, so he started at exactly my position, and in three years' time, he got a more managerial role by doing this and that, and giving uh, surplus in that category or you can you can you can think to yourself am i willing to do that and if the answer is yes then you then you can say okay with this company i can do that and i can expect a similar result for myself so not second guessing and that's an interesting point i think it kind of it dovetails like process dovetails with transparency right like if you if you know exactly what's needed of you in order to climb the ladder whether it's just from mm-hmm. entry level to to senior or senior to manager, <clears throat> if you know what's expected of you, you bet, then yes, you have the choice. Do I want to go through all that? And if the answer is no, you're saving the organization headache and you're saving yourself a headache, right? So the sooner you get out, the sooner they can find someone new that they can train and, and place uh, in that role. But I see a lot of people that just kind of fall into a role because they, they need the money or it seemed interesting and for them it's dead end. And that doesn't help the organization. That that latent contempt will make them less productive. And it doesn't help the help the person itself doing the the job. If you're not happy with it, you spend eight hours a day <laughs> there. Yeah. Even if but, you check but do out you want, the door. But do you want devoted employees, or do you just want butts and chairs? You know, that's that, that's the yeah, question right. you have to ask yourself as a leader. You know, and if the answer is number two, then keep on keep on doing things the way you want, but. Unfortunately, being the leader is probably the least popular and least fun role there is, and in my mind, at least. 
Yeah. We're trying to make it more fun. Yes. <laughs> I'm having a great time. You guys are yes. great leaders. Uh, we're, we're struggling. We're, we want to be. We want to be. Uh, Everybody works on improving. Yes. There you go. And, uh, and you know what? Talking. Yeah. Blades are forged in fire, right? Uncom yes. Discomfort is what makes you grow. Yeah, that's, that's so true. True. And since we're talking about improvement, uh, what would be uh, the book that had the most profound impact on you? Now, I don't know if you guys know or if I told you, you know, it's been a couple of years, but prior to my career in sales, I was an absolute mouse. You know, I wasn't able to look people in the eye. I wasn't able to have a profound discussion with people. It's just no I didn't have it. Really? Really? Because Absolutely. This, this, to me, if you told me this 10 years ago, I wouldn't believe you. But the book that helped was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It helped me come out of my shell as a person. It helped me realize that there was more to winning the attention of people or winning deals in the context of work than by being nice. You know, being nice is like a baseline. You're not doing anything special. So there's like, there's a lot of moving parts in every personal or even professional relationship. There's a lot of nuance in what we do. And to acknowledge this and celebrate what people bring to the table can sometimes be the thing that wins you that business or that wins you that friend. You know, and some people call it a, a manual on common sense. Well, reread it then. Just make sure you got everything down pat. Um, but, you know, just by adopting a few of the mannerisms that were encouraged in the book, I managed to have better conversations with people. I managed to maintain eye contact. Got me out of my head, which for a lot of introverts, I guess, is a, is a very big thing. By nature, I'm an introvert. And no. I decided, yeah, I decided on a career in sales because I um, – I so badly wanted not to be a mouse anymore that I wanted to hinge my livelihood on my ability to step out of my comfort zone. I wanted my, my life to be tied to me fighting this, what I saw as a vice. And I guess that's like, I feel like that's an important lesson for people to get is like, if you want to change and you have the desire for it, then you're going to do it, but you need to, to have the desire and, I must say, if you say you were a mouse, you are like the most extrovert person that I know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, I, I would uh, have never guessed it. It's training. It's nothing but training. You know, I, I could have read that book and I was, um, I was an administrative officer at a hospital when I picked up that book. And I, all I really was was a glorified secretary. So I was typing up reports. I had zero reason to talk to people. So if I read that book and stayed in that job, I had no incentive to improve. So I, I decided that I'm going to take a role in sales, which is arguably the most extroverted uh, mandate, we'll call it out there, and yeah. put my money where my mouth is, put some skin in the game. And that was a critical success. It could have been a critical failure, but it was a success. Yeah. Weak. <laughs> well, each kick in your butt, it's a face forward. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, basically, and anybody can do it. Like, guys, if I could do it, then anybody can do it. Yeah. Just like you were saying, Bogdan, you know, you look at some leaders and you wonder, like, <laughs> how did they get there? Yeah, and it motivates you. Well, absolutely. I'll show them, you know. Exactly. And Luciano, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Well, I mean, given the hard focus of my business as one that's local, you can really only find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. But 
I'm happy uh, if anybody is struggling with um, with introversion, extroversion, or you know, attracting talent. I'm happy to talk with people, and and even in my business, I work with local and national and international organizations to help look after their employees. And one way you do that is with great group benefits. I mean, knowing that the uh, the employer is looking after the employee now and into retirement is also yeah. a big thing too. Yeah, it goes back to that. Well, I offer people a paycheck. You kind of have to do a little more in this competitive landscape. And, um, you know, you need to protect the people that look after your organization from unnecessary risk. So find me on Facebook. Find me on LinkedIn. If you see me on the streets of Thunder Bay, say howdy. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm, I might drop in Romania one day. Maybe we'll, uh, yeah. we'll go do something. Look forward but, to uh, Yeah. Other than channel. that reach out to the channel and especially if you want to become more extrovert because he for sure he can help you and also if you want uh, to implement in your company better benefits or and have like even with financial instruments you can create more than a paycheck you can create a company that you really feel cared for so especially if you're in Canada you know, and you want your company to take the next step, reach out to the channel. Thanks, Andre. I appreciate that. And uh, it's been a distinct pleasure to, to work with you guys and uh, even to speak now. Um, yeah. I always have a big smile on my face when I talk to you guys. You, you're, 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 blue. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good guys. And uh, I wouldn't have done this for anybody else. It's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been a pleasure. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.